Uh, welcome another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Jacob Noble. We're going to talk about uh, getting cards autographed, and um, there's uh, it's uh, not a simple matter. So Jacob and I will bat that around. Uh, Jacob was on a while back, uh, hearing about his uh, uh, job as a, as a criminal defense attorney, but we're just going to talk about his uh, avocation, his passion that he's maintained for uh, since he was a, a kid, I guess, of collecting autographs and how that relates to uh, sports card insights. So thanks, Jacob. But first, thanks to the sponsors, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Burbank Sports Cards, Her- Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, COMC.com, as well as Beckett Media, including Beckett Grading and Beckett Authentication. So Beckett Grading would be very interested in this. Colin C. also has a lot of autograph cards. Heritage and Huggins and Scott both sell a lot of autograph cards. And Topps Panini and Upper Deck embed autographs into their products. So it pretty much touches, uh, and, and obviously they're sold in the card shop. So uh, this is a topic I hope will be of interest. Uh, Jacob, you're a passionate uh, autograph collector, and it's now come to your attention that not everybody thinks cards should be autographed. So welcome to the show, and, and uh, give your perspective, and let's, let's bat it around for a few minutes. Sure. Um, I didn't know that that was an issue until I went to a card show in Chantilly, and I think I sent this to you in my email. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I had a Brooks Robinson rookie card, and I was waiting in line, and, and the guy in back of me started to give me some dirty looks, and, and he asked me if I was going to get that autograph, and I said, absolutely. And he just, you know, you, you, it was, he was incredulous as to what was going on. He, he couldn't believe that I'd get the rookie card. He, he said, how could you get that signed? Um, and I said, well, number one, because I paid for it, and two, I like to collect rookie cards and get them signed. He actually offered me $200 right on the spot just for the card, and, and I told him no. And... um so I ended up getting the Brooks Robinson card signed, and I ran into actually one um, an employee from Beckett, and I asked him mm-hmm. what his take was on it. And I remember his name. I don't know if I'm going to say it or not. He's a, he's a good guy. I have nothing yeah. negative to say about him. He's one of your card uh, – he assists with the card grading. Okay, uh, sure. They, his name is Eugene DeMaio. Okay. And, and, I, and I asked him what he thought, and, and he said, well, if you, ha- if you had a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card, uh, which we know is not the real, real rookie card. That's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Would you rather have the card or the card signed? And I said, the card signed. And he looked at me and said, there you go. And, and I think to some extent, he would rather have that too. Um, now, I know some people might like it too. Would you get the, um, this Mona Lisa war around if you have her sign the actual Mona Lisa? <laughs> but, but my response to that is, number one, this isn't the Mona Lisa. This is a baseball card. Thousands yeah. are made. Yeah. And number two, I, the answer is probably yes, I would want her to sign it because it's a picture of her. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the question, I like to get rookie cards signed. I'm a bit, rookie cards or number, you know, the serial number cards. And and I started a little late in life, you know, I'm still kicking myself when I was young. I used to get baseballs. For the last couple of years, like I got bobbleheads, but my wife's putting a kibosh on that because uh, that takes up a lot of room. <laughs> oh yeah, she let me know it too. Um, and uh, but I, I like to get rookie cards signed, um, number cards signed, any kind of special cards signed. But yes, there is this animosity. It wasn't this first. It wasn't just this individual. Uh, another. Uh, someone, another lawyer, a colleague of mine, when I told him I had a Hank Aaron card, his rookie that I was getting signed, and he couldn't believe it either. But he did. We did reach a happy medium or a point of agreement, and this is what you'd find interesting. Um, if it was a, a, a graded nine or ten or even an eight card, the idea of having it signed would just it would offend just about every every right. card collector. Yeah. But if you're looking at a card that's a six or below, maybe even a seven, the idea of having it autographed is not so offensive because at that point, you know. The, the, the grade, the true worth of the card is only so much because the grade is so low. So he was telling me, well, if you're going to get a Hank Aaron uh, that's graded at a one or two or three or four is fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. 
Well, uh, Jacob, you're again, you're a you're a defense attorney, so you're used to yes. being uh, on the defensive, I guess. But uh, yes. there's, there's not a right or wrong answer here. People are uh, criticizing you. Uh, the proof is in the uh, uh, sometimes in the auction results. I mean, if you have the side by side two uh, Hank Aaron or or Brooks Robinson rookie cards, and they're in the same condition, and one has an autograph and one doesn't, uh, like I said, especially in the lower grades, you I would expect to see that, that the autograph increases the value of the card in the in the lower grades. In the higher grades, uh, not so much, but even that is evolving as we speak. In fact, more of the players are starting to charge a premium for their rookie cards to be signed. So you're, yes, Joe you're, Montana. Montana, Bobby Orr, I think, is doing that in, in, uh, in hockey. And there, I don't know that it's a... a, a, a a double, you know, 100% premium, but it's a significant premium for signing their rookie card. So, uh, and I've noticed in some of the auction results, there's more and more interest. I mean, if you had a, you know, 52 tops mantle that was a two, uh, and and it was autographed, and it's still a two uh, with a great autograph on it, you, I would expect that would sell for more money. And eight, nine, ten, I agree, not not necessarily because there are purists that want that. But the nice thing about the industry, about the hobby, is that those those are not hard and fast rules. They they might be guidelines, but they're only guidelines for when you, for how you might optimize or or resell. If it's for your own personal collection, you can do whatever you want to do. And yeah, I, cards well, work. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I've I've been I've mentioned this in the podcast. One of my favorite cards is a Roberto Clemente rookie card. Well, it's the card is probably a five, you know. So it's not perfectly centered. It's not uh, perfect uh, corners, but it's a very nice card, and it's personally autographed by Roberto Clemente. So. To me, that's better than having uh, an unautographed version, and uh, so I'm I'm probably agreeing with you in uh, largely. Right, uh, but the other side of it, it's, uh, let's get away from the vintage for now. Uh, are you getting the same grief for some of your pre-rookie cards and some of the minor league cards uh, yes. that you've uh, gotten autographed back uh, uh, back in the day and even now? I mean, is, is there still that criticism that you have these? Uh, because some of those guys that you may have gotten in the Florida State League uh, have gone on to, if not greatness, uh, some notoriety, and you've got a very early card that was personally autographed back in the day. Is that not in some demand if you were to try to sell that? I think it's easier now to justify getting the the, the pre-rookie card signed now uh, under this theory. If if those cards weren't meant to be autographed, then why would Bowman and Topps have inserts with their autographs? So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, I do... It goes back to what you were saying with, and, and what the theme of this is, where it's the grapher versus the collector. I think a collector would think it was horrible what I was doing. Um, but, but then again, the collector's passion is in the collecting. My passion is in the, the autograph, in the pursuit of the autograph. So for me, when I buy cards, sometimes I'll do the breaks and sometimes I'll do the hobby box, which is a whole for show entirety as to whether you should mm-hmm. do a break or just buy the hobby box. But I collect cards for the sole purpose of getting them autographed. There's a okay. thrill. That I get. I don't know how to. Anybody, anybody who gets autographs and who gets it because they enjoy. There are graphics who just do sales, so they would never understand it. It's for them. It's more just a yeah. paycheck. But for someone like me, who's a true collector okay. of the autographs, there's something about the thrill of, of calling the player over and having them actually come over and sign it. It's. it's well, uh, Jacob. Okay, so let's again sports card insights here in our earlier episode that you and I discussed, uh, kind of your uh, your background and 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 uh, some of the. Uh, hobby job opportunities. You know, one thing I don't think you want to necessarily do this, but it would sound like you could be an autograph authenticator. <laughs> you know, I, I, and that actually is a can be a grueling job, but it, it, there's a lot of variety in it. There's a lot of analysis and um, 
uh, you know, checking out all the exemplars and all that stuff. And there's several uh, excellent authentication companies. Obviously, uh, Beckett Authentication uh, is, is by uh, uh, one of choice, but I've uh, longtime friends with Jimmy Spence. And, and uh, so to what extent would you have interest in that or do you even feel necessary to get your these cards that you've had personally autographed uh, right in front of you, the necessity right. of, of slabbing them or stickering them to be authenticated. I mean, what, what, what is your thought on that? Okay. I've had, a, I mean, I always find, I do find the signatures fascinating. You know, again, I've had, like, as I told you before, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I've had fingerprint yeah. cases where so uh, I know okay. this is an expert, but sometimes you can definitely rule it out. And it's yeah. done with handwriting, you know, yeah. with a check. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, that's something that'd be interesting. Interested in the other thing that I find interesting, and and I'm surprised not many dealers or, or I, I don't know what the professionals, but again, MLB has the top 100 um, prospects every year, and they and and I uh, I'm on Sports Collectors Network. I very rarely, if ever, see any signings with those players, and and I'm just so shocked. I've I've seen a couple for Adley Rushman. I've seen a couple for Adley Rushman and a couple for Bobby Witt, but Wanda Franco, who's like the uber prospect right now, I mean, he is probably yeah, the, but uh, he may be wrapped up in an exclusive. You know, there's there's different. Uh, yes. you know, I'm I'm wondering about that. I mean, uh, you know, the the different. I mean, uh, Tops uh, has the the, the 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 full license, but Panini's doing a lot of stuff too, and they they're trying to lock down. I I, I just don't think the players at a certain uh, point in their career have the ability to commercially sign. They, they can recreationally sign, right. off, you know, at the ballpark, but... Um, and, and that uh, may be true for the top 50, but, I mean, there's a guy, Bruce Starr, get Gratterall. I have a hard yeah. time believing that despite the fact he was a top 100, he was locked down in some contract. And I say that because he didn't even have any cards. <laughs> it, it, um, you know, if he doesn't have any cards, then what do you... Again, is it, are you talking about just his autograph on a 3 by 5 or or in a program, or do you need to have a card, a licensed card that will be autographed in order to, to fully convey the, the value? I meant I was thinking out loud. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know that. That is something that would have to be thought of. You know, a lot of people like to get baseballs autographed, but I'm not into that either. I mean, I've, I've had a yeah. – uh, I'd like to, to, to focus, if I could, just primarily on, on, um, on cards. Yeah. But I, 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 it's interesting. I mean, you're right. There are some guys who are locked in exclusives. I just – I'm wondering if every single one of them, or if every single top 30 prospect, would make the on every major league team, which is what? I mean, you're over 900, maybe a thousand guys total. All of them are in exclusives. I mean, I just well, some uh, of them again, but but <laughs> that's another thing. I met with another guy uh, last month who's a who's a, an agent for players. So you know, when you our earlier episode, you talked about a very high stress criminal defense attorney job. You know, where you have your own firm and all that stuff. And if you were going to do something different. Uh, what would it be? Well, it sounds to me like you could authenticate autographs or you could uh, yep. figure out a way to to uh, analyze this situation and provide uh, and, and be a source of autographs. Uh, again, I don't know that you could get a license to produce cards, but you could maybe be like a, almost like an agent on a, some limited basis for these uh, top hundred or you know, perfect game participants. And somebody's got to contact the players and uh, and sign them up and observe their um, – so your legal background could actually work uh, in your favor, because I think there are some some rights, but you know the industry's moved toward exclusive rights. Yes, I'm more. I'd, I'd like like it to be more like it was in the old days, but you know it seems like uh, Tops wants to protect their investment in, um, in, uh, in 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 kind of having monopoly on the baseball card, and they want autographs to be meaning the autographs that are certified, and not not uh, aftermarket autographs. 
right? The, but there is the an other, opportunity there, yeah. Well, the, the other way that I look at it is because, you know, I'm a 42-year-old man without children, so it sometimes gets difficult to go to the ballpark or to get autographs. Yeah, they naturally yeah. assume that you're a dealer and you're going to sell them. Yeah. But, but I have two responses to that. I mean, the first response is, let's just say I was a dealer. So what? You're a first-round pick. You just got $7 million. What's it to you if I make a couple hundred? I mean, how is that going to hurt you? And two, the other uh, response is, if you're so worried about people taking or taking your autograph and, and selling it, then sign as many as you can. Because you know uh, the law of supply and demand 101. If everybody has it, nobody's going to need it. And if nobody needs it, the price is going to be nothing. So, I mean, and again, as a collector, I don't collect with the intention of selling. I collect because I want it in my collection. It's almost like a form of art to me. It's art. Okay. Well, again, that's working against uh, the, the business aspects because, you, right. you know, you, if you're going to be uh, a collector, I mean, there's ways to be involved in the hobby, uh, and collecting is the only one that is that you can't make money on, except eventually you sell. You've either got to be a dealer or a promoter or it, a producer of some kind. It, it, it is and it isn't. If a, if a player is to charge, if a player says, okay, I'll sign as many as you want, but I'm charging $10 an autograph, I mean, again, you're, the only way to make money would be on bulk. But I, I just, the one thing that I've learned, been around longer than me, just about every regard, is that there's always a way to, to make money off something. It, it might take a while, and it might take some, some tweaking, but in the end, you can, you can always, there's just, just always uh, a way that you can turn that in, in, into a profit. Market. Well, uh, it's uh, well-conceived, and you, there's a, a market... Uh, niche. I mean, I've told my story. I mean, I felt like if I built uh, the best mousetrap, then people would, uh, would 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 want it. And uh, back in the day, that's kind of what happened. But you're talking about a whole a, a perceived hole in the market that might right. be something that would be interesting. It's just that they're they're uh, again there's there in the old days there were almost like two different hobbies. There were the autograph collectors, and they didn't care about the cards. And then there were the card collectors, and they didn't really care about the autographs. And so I was a little bit in between because I did collect autographs. I did. I mainly collected cards, and I mainly collected autographs on the cards. So I'm, I'm, I'm in your court, but oh, sure. it's 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 a it was a um, it was a subset. You know, it was a, more of a special interest item. And and what your critics are saying with the Brooks Robinson and Hank Aaron is that it's a more limited market. Even if you could get more, slightly more for the card, and it's more unique, uh, you've got a smaller uh, number of people that are interested in and collecting card in that way. But that is, I believe it's increasing as we speak. I think more and more people compared to five years ago or 10 years ago are interested in autograph cards or autograph rookie cards because of what the companies have done. Um, so I'm, I hear you. And, and again, it's just somewhat related, but you're talking about Brooks Robinson and Hank Aaron. They're in a different category too. You know this, yeah. they didn't need the money that today's baseball player is, is making. So their incentive for signing is a lot different than today's guy. Right. Uh, well, yeah, well, they're I, signing the check. So much. We're out of time. I'm sorry, Jacob. Okay. I got to state at my time, but uh, I, I just think this is, you know, we may have to come back and revisit this at some point, but let's get this episode out and get some feedback sure. from people because I, I think you're making some excellent points about, um, about uh, you know, th th there shouldn't be a conflict. There, there should be a way that people can collect the way they want. Yeah. And uh, I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. So uh, Sorry Thank I'm out of time. Thanks, Jacob, for sharing your uh, your passion and your story. And uh, we'll be back again, listeners, with another episode tomorrow. And, uh, again, thanks for your listening and enjoy the hobby.